This is Floyd Hughes, pastor of Crossroads Community Church of Jefferson Hills. I just wanted to share about my new book, Act Like an E-Christian. The E stands for evangelical. And despite what you may have heard, evangelical Christianity has nothing to do with politics. It has to do with the reason the body of Christ exists, sharing the gospel. My book, a devotional based on the book of Acts, prayerfully encourages Christ followers to return to our evangelical roots of sharing the gospel with folks in our circles of influence. It's available on Amazon in paperback and for Kindle, and you can pick up a copy today. Thanks and God bless. You're the coolest. No, you're the coolest. No, you're the coolest. Okay, I'm the coolest. I am Pastor Floyd Hughes from Crossroads Community Church of Jefferson Hills, and with me is Mark Berkshire with uh, Mark Berkshire Ministries in Fairchance, Pennsylvania. And today we have an interesting topic, and uh, I'm going to share really quickly a message that I got um, maybe a week or two ago. Uh, and we were already leaning towards this topic anyway. But the question that was put to me is, what is your opinion of immigration and refugees? I hear so many Christians saying we shouldn't let people in for the safety of Americans. And the person that, res- that sent that to me, I responded to them and said, we're, we're talking about that on the podcast today uh, because I don't think I couldn't type out a write out or do a one minute or three minute TikTok video to encompass all that that entails. So we're talking about refugees. It's still a a hot topic. Uh, It's a political topic, but we are more interested in uh, the biblical response. So, uh, and and as always, um, for about probably five or 10 minutes before we started the podcast, we had a more detailed discussion where we covered uh, a bunch of this already. But um, what's, I'm going to, just throw it out. What's your opinion about, you know, the refugees coming in? It's twofold. It's not just a one simple, it's a good thing or it's a bad thing. Um, I think every Christian should agree that the issues surrounding um, the refugee crisis, so to speak, is is more complex than just a um, just a blip on social social media or something. Um, it's as Christians, we are told to open our homes and our hearts to those who are in need and those who are seeking help and provide for them and take care of them. But at the same time, the Bible talks about protecting your home against evil, against things that can corrupt your home. So I don't think it's a real easy answer to, or a real easy um, way to say yes or no, let them in or let them out. Um, I, I think it should be done on a, um, a very stringent um, 
Well, what word am I looking for? We should look at each situation very carefully as to who is coming in and, and who stays in. So like we were saying before we started, there's there's a lot of layers to this. And like you just mentioned first, there's a security layer, mm -hmm. right? Like safety, that's a, that's a huge concern. Um, and those who criticize that, um, do you sleep with your doors locked or wide open? I mean, that's that's yeah. just common sense. So it's not fair to criticize people who say, oh, we need to be concerned about safety. Um, when those same people who are making the criticism sleep behind gated walls with their doors locked. Right. right? So um, uh, there's also now an added concern of, of, of COVID. Uh, and I think a lot of what comes out is not people being against the people coming in. They're more mistrustful of the government reasoning and process for letting them in. Right. right? It's like, Hey, I got nothing against the refugees, but you know, why are you letting in all these people into the nation who you're not putting the same restrictions on that you're putting on me? Mm -hmm. Because that's obviously going to set up animosity and uh, us versus them mentality. Right. So if they're saying to Americans, you know, which is stemming out across around the nation, you have to be masked, you have to be vaccinated or you can't do this, that and the other. But you're letting in thousands of people who are not vaccinated, of course, there's going to be some animosity and it's not personal against them. It's just setting up a we versus them. Why do they get to do this? And we don't. Um, and I think the other thing, like we talked about earlier is money. If we have the money to house feed and clothe, you know, thousands or tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands, whatever that number is, of refugees, then obviously someone's going to say, then why do we still have so many homeless? Why do we have so many <clears throat> families that are starving? If we have all these resources to help them, why aren't they being used to help us? And again, nothing against the refugees coming in, but it's setting up a we versus them when you're willing to do for them what you're not willing to do for your own people. Right. And, and, Again, this has nothing to do, has nothing to do, but a lot to do with whether you're a Christian or not. This doesn't matter whether you're a Christian, whether you're black, whether you're white, whether you're Chinese, whether you're Afghanistan's coming in, has nothing to do about that. It has to do with, as you said, safety, security, finances and and um, just the overall well-being of our country you're muted <laughs> <clears throat> yeah i was trying to look for that verse because i can't think of which verse it is it's in the gospels uh where the woman came up to jesus looking for i think healing and he was like um you know my focus is first and foremost to the people of Israel, to, to God's mm -hmm. chosen people. And people use that as an example of why we shouldn't let them in. And he wasn't right. saying no. He's laying, he was saying priorities. There's right. a difference between no, I'm not going to help you. And 
Yes, but first I have to do this. And it's the same thing every single one of us does. We take care of the people in our homes and our families first before we reach out and go help other people. We don't take our whole paychecks and just give it to, you know, charity. We pay our bills and make sure we have food on the table. And then if we have the resources, we'll help others. So, um, and that's what Jesus says. And then once the woman, you know, showed and aligned her line of thinking with his, then he agreed to help her. Yes. So it's not that we, we, we shouldn't help. It's this, that one, we have priorities. Are we helping the people? Um, Cause if I'm the one given the taxes to help them, but then you don't help me when I have a need, I'm going to be a little bit upset. Yeah. You know, exactly. so um, it's not that we're not trying to help or people shouldn't be helped. I, I think you said it best is we have to be careful about who we're helping because we don't have unlimited resources. Right. Despite the government's ability to just print money like crazy. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have unlimited resources. Um, and we do have to be concerned about the safety of our citizens yeah. and ourselves. So, yeah, all of that has to be taken into consideration. But definitely, yeah, we should help um, those who we can help. But there's a priority in doing it. Right. And I think Jesus reiterated that and multiple times. I'm trying to think of the other analogy. But. Um, yeah, I, I'm drawing a blank, but there, he has. I mean, and, and his his core the core values that we stand by. Love God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself plays into that perfectly because we are to love those even if they're coming from another country, even if they're, you know, it doesn't matter who they are, we are to love them. And the thing that bothers me, and this is the Christian part of it now, and I probably hate mail for this one, but this is one of the things that is dividing our churches tremendously because there are people on one side of the aisle that says, let them in, let's do whatever we can, let's take care of them. Others saying, no, let's don't. And you're a jerk because you think we should, or you're a jerk because we think they shouldn't. And they're not putting God first and his principle first. So it's becoming like a lot of things in the church, a big divide in the church. So what, what would be the practical approach to refugees? I mean, we're, we're, we're not going to outline all the political, you know, differences and yada, 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 all the, you know, the state department has and covers for letting people in and all the paperwork processes, but what would be the correct approach uh, to there's, you know, refugees coming from, you know, southern border. Uh, what's the correct approach to how we address? Let's, let's back up for a second. There's a difference between refugees and illegal immigrants trying to come in. That's a very good point. That is a very good point. So... Refugees are usually seeking and coming on our invitation to the country. Immigrants, however, 
are coming seeking to better their lives. Refugees are mainly coming to get out of a situation they were in. For example, Syria refugees, there were thousands and thousands of Syrians that left in, what was it, 2005, 2000, whenever that war broke out, um, uh, 2011. And they, they, there were thousands of refugees that left Syria fleeing for their lives in neighboring countries and other countries around the world. There are immigrants or people coming into our country just to get a better uh, way of life or just to get a handout. And that's something totally different. Well, that, yeah, let's, let's, let's expand on that a little bit because right now, um, Afghanistan, right? We, we know the situation there. So many refugees escaping persecution in addition to so many refugees to whom we promised to bring over and to house and to take care of and to set up if they would help us in our war against the Taliban. Um, But at the Southern border, you have people claiming to be refugees because they're either, you know, the drug cartels or, or because they just can't earn a living where they are. So they want to come in too. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, and I think whether it's, and this is just me, and I might get some hate mail for this, but this is just me. I think whether it's refugee or immigrant who just wants to come in and get a better life, if you come in illegally, then you have, uh, you've kind of put yourself where you cross the line and you should not be allowed access. Right. I, I think it's one thing when you have no help, and I'm not in their situation, so I, I can't speak to that. Although, yes, I have been poor, but not poor trying to get to another country. Uh, I've been in another country and, and seen with and worked with poor people, but uh, several countries. But and again, I'm not trying to say anything negative about them, but I think once you cross illegally, now you've put yourself into another category that is not just an immigrant trying to get in or a refugee seeking asylum. That's a whole other category that doesn't go with immigrant trying to gain access for a better life or refugee seeking asylum, either because we promised it or because, you know, you know, like many of the uh, in Afghanistan, because there's nowhere else to go. You know, right. a whole criminal element is just taking over your your nation. Uh, so from an illegal aspect uh, and I've had this discussion, I'm about to go on a long rant. So forgive me. I've had this discussion. Uh, I think a lot of great things happen when I'm in the gym. I've had this discussion and my idea to resolve the illegal, not the refugee, not the immigrant coming in, but the illegal immigrants who are here already. And I forget how many, what the estimate is. I know it's millions. Yeah. I don't know if it's tens of millions or like seven, eight, nine. I don't remember. But the idea was to have them one. Hey, if you've been here for uh, seven years or more, come forward. And if you can prove that you've had a job and don't have a criminal record, that you've just been here working, but staying under the radar, finding f- food for your family, you, you can become a citizen. There's a, we'll, we'll create, you go through the, you know, whatever the classes is, the training for citizenship, you do that, you'll become a citizen. Uh, you haven't been a criminal. 
even though you did come here illegally, uh, you haven't been a criminal, haven't committed any crimes, you've just been working for your family. Let's get that done. Because if you've been here working for seven years, you've been earning a paycheck. Right. Probably not paying taxes on it. But going forward, you will once you become a citizen. Yeah. And if you've been here three years, um, less than seven years, but more than three, then you get put, come forward, we'll put you on a, you know, uh, three to four year, depending on the time, same thing, uh, probationary period. And once you've hit seven years, no criminal record, just working, paying job, putting food on the table, you'll become a citizen. However, during that probationary period, you will pay taxes. Right. But if you get in trouble with the law, then you go out. I think that would resolve it. People are here already. And there's yeah. a difference between the ones here who are just working to put food on the table and the ones who are here causing problems, criminals, gangbanging, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think that's a very good plan. You ought to run for office. Uh, but, <laughs> Not going to happen. No way. Um, but uh, no, I think that's a very good plan. And, and, and I, I think... Part of the issue is also those who are coming in with a visa work and just letting it expire and continuing on. Um, and that, you know, that's another, another discussion, but that's part of the immigration problem as well. It's not a refugee problem. It's an immigration problem. So getting back to the refugees. Yeah. Um, I think we need to commit to administrating and taking care of the refugees once they're here. Uh, don't just bring them in and say, okay, we're dropping you off in Pittsburgh. Have at it. Fend for yourself. We need to be able to take care of them. And that's where the church can step in and open up their doors and take care of these people. Give them food, give them clothing if they need it, give them a way to find housing, to help them along the way of um, getting a work visa and getting them, you know, up and running. And that is what the job of the church should be, is to help those, not just refugees, but everyone who comes through that door homeless uh, addicted, whatever. That should be the response of the church. How can we help you? How can we take care of your needs right now? And that's not saying that we're going to take care of them permanently because that's not what we're to do. We are here to help them and get them established. But, but one of the problems in the church and this goes back to topic we've covered over again is because when that immigrant or refugee steps through the door, mm -hmm. depending on what community in, they look different, they speak differently, and the church doesn't accept them. It judges them, it criticizes them, and it makes them feel like an outsider yeah. because of all the racial tension. Right. Hold on, my puppy's going crazy. The mailman's here. Yeah.
and, and that is that is as we like to say blame the pulpit because that should not be happening in our churches um bill robinson of the duck mander uh duck dynasty name he has a little church down in louisiana that he preaches at every sunday they're nothing but homeless people in this church that's what the church is made of is of homeless people he said he had a, a couple people come and visit the church <coughs> and you know i don't know if you know phil who phil is but he dresses pretty homeless looking himself even though he's a millionaire he he was standing in the in the foyer of the church and these two young women came in from new york visit and they said, well, where's the pastor of the church? And he said, he's here somewhere. And um, they said, well, we're anxious to see with all of these people what he looks like and how, who he is. And Phil didn't say a word to him. He got up on after the song service and he started preaching. And he said these two girls' mouths just fell wide open because they didn't realize they were speaking to the pastor at that time. If we could be more accepting of everyone like Christ was, um, now Christ had the advantage because he could see men's hearts and he wouldn't associate with those, but he would associate with the ones who were seeking him. Um, I mean, that is our number one goal as a church, isn't it? To, to minister to those who are seeking the Lord. Well, I'm going to push back a little bit on this because on this, I don't want to, I do blame the pulpit, but not 100%. Uh, I blame a lot of the politicians yeah. who take issues like this and issues of race and use it for their own political purposes to promote their political agenda. Um, I, I honestly, I, I, my heart breaks when I see, you know, when they show, whenever on TV, they show all these refugees or whatever you want to call them, immigrants trying to get in, you know, camping out on the bridges, all this stuff. And the news angle is we're wrong for not letting them in or we're wrong because we are. Without a respect for, do you understand that these are, and they're, they're, you know, whenever they talk about the children who are separated yeah. and they're blaming one another for it. I was like, do you understand the pain and trauma that that child, those children are going to go through? They're going to need like counselors for life because of this. And yet we're promoting it, you know, as uh, it's that political person's fault or that political person's fault, rather than how can we help? these people um so I, I i blame american politics for some of that but definitely the church when people walk through our doors should be more accepting and and, and i will go with blaming american politics but i'll go back to even putting it more on the pastors because they should be correcting what we are seeing politicians do and say this isn't right it's not about whether they're right or wrong, this is about people who are hurting who need help. Well, most most pastors won't do that. I know a lot of people are probably tired of 
hearing me talk about political stuff because right. when it comes up, we talk about it. But you've seen as well, we've seen in some of the pastors groups when I something agree. happens and people say, hey, how are you going to address this yeah. your congregation? And they're like, I'm not. I'm going to just talk about the gospel. And 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 thing is, when we talk about the gospel, we can't address these issues at the same time because that is what gospel is. Yeah, and it's not like we have to dedicate a whole sermon to it. No, but we can bring up and 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 highlight and express in a sharing of the gospel, you know, things that are going on in our culture. And I don't understand because. Jesus went out and talked to people about things going on in the culture. That's what the gospels are about. He was walking along and came across a man, this walking along, came across a man, that Paul's letters are answering questions that people asked about, Hey, this is going on. What do we do about this? So a lot of his letters are answering questions. It's not just him spilling right. out theology. It's about specific topics. Cause they're like, what do we do now? What do we do with this? This is what happened. How do we deal with this? And yeah. he's, you know, this is what's going on in their lives. And he's saying, here's how you address that from a biblical God honoring perspective. So to not address things going on in the culture, it does a disservice, but also it leaves Christians with silence on God's perspective on these issues. Right. And if they not, if they're not hearing it from the church, all they're hearing it from is the politics and from Satan, not to say. I don't want anyone to walk away thinking Pastor Floyd said that politics are Satan. That's not what I said. <laughs> but if they're not right. hearing God's perspective on this, they won't be able to say, well, here's the God honoring of you. Here's how God sees that I should address or respond to these issues. Right. And there is the key difference. There are government policies that are in play that are legal, that are legally binding us. But then there are biblical principles that override those government principles, and that is to love these people no matter what. Yeah, and I think so, that's one of the, the main the main main things, or let me put it this way, I think that's one of the main reasons why Jesus said, and Paul reiterated multiple times throughout the Bible, that the entirety of the law can be summed up, as you said earlier, in loving God and loving your neighbor. Because yeah. if you don't know how to respond and you don't know what to do, um, just love them. I mean, it's 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 it, it, by doing that you fulfill the law. So you cannot go wrong by right. doing that. Right. And I mean, some people, some Christians will go as far as to say, "Well, we need to do this because you never know when you're attending an angel unaware." You know, or when an angel is in your presence unaware. Yes, the Bible says that. But that's not what we're talking about here. I mean, there could be an angel in there somewhere. But um, this isn't it. You know, th this is just a matter of taking God's principles of helping and providing for one another. It's, it's that simple. It's not about who's right or who's wrong that's why we need to get rid of this mentality in the church we need to get rid of the mentality of he says it's wrong so i don't want anything to do with him he says it's right i don't want anything to do with him get together and say how can we help together how can we help yeah what can we do to 
to make a difference. And I, I, I yeah. think in in this issue, it's kind of um, I know that there have been some refugees, uh, Nepalese, and I forget the other from other countries moved into our area here. Mm-hmm. Um, and even I, I just saw uh, one of our local town council people is going out to look at resources on how to not necessarily learn the language, but better respond to their needs. And I'm like, oh, that's great. That's good. And it's one of the people who people previously thought was very anti-refugee, anti-refugee. And I think this is where we start, People, we end up judging people. Like you right. said, you're either a jerk because you're for it or you're a jerk because you're against it. But if we stop and ask the right questions and seek the truth and get to know people, then they can explain. It's not that I'm for or against it. It's just that I don't think we have the resources to meet their needs. Let's find out what the needs are. And then we can talk about, can we meet them? Because there's no sense in saying, yeah, let's bring all the people if we don't have the resources to do it. And here's another thing that you're asking practical ways that we can help, the practical ways we can move forward. How about finding ministries that already exist that support refugees, that help refugees? There are ministries all across the country, but their main focus is providing help and uh, resources for these refugees. Find Find those agencies and help support them. And, and, you know, that is a big way of help. Yeah. So let me do a quick shout out uh, for um, we have in our community, an organization called the Jefferson Regional Foundation kind of works out of our local Jefferson Hills Hospital. uh, But it's a Jefferson Regional Foundation and they work with organizations to help meet the needs of people in the community. And years ago, I used to try to put together lists whenever a need came up. Okay, let me go do the research. And then I keep a list of here's how I can help. They have actually put together a list of hundreds of organizations that help with not just refugees, but with clothing, with food, uh, with language issues, with medical issues for people who are refugees, uh, with specific needs based on the refugee. Uh, And they put it in a nice, I know I was about to show it to you, but I know (laughs) podcast that's audio so no one else can see it. But they put it in a nice binder. And um, I met with the, the president of that foundation and asked her to give me like a case of those. And I took them out and gave them to pastors because I was like, when people start calling around for help, that's one of the first places they call is their church. Yeah. Uh, and uh, when, when I talk to people who call for help, um, I want to talk to them because I'm not like just, oh, you need $200, just $200. No, you don't need $200. You actually, what you need is some help with childcare uh, and a better job. So here's some resources that are going to help with childcare and a better job. Paying, you know, two hundred dollars to pay your light bill this month isn't really going to help you because that's not the yeah. root of the problem. So uh, I've passed out dozens, dozens of these, um, and they updated prior to COVID. They were updating it, I think, like every year and a half to add more organizations and to take mm-hmm. away ones that were no longer doing that. Yeah. Um, but that's what we need more of. And right. in fact, uh, I remember at least two times I can think of where a local town council, one was here, one was in Elizabeth, 
uh, called one of the churches saying, hey, I have a person that needs help with this. And the people were able to pull out this book that I had given them and say, oh, here's where you need to call. Here's what's specifically designed to help them. So yeah, we need to be able to, it doesn't, we don't have to reinvent the wheel and do it. We just need to be able to point them to the resources. uh, And even if we can help those resources, volunteer at those resources, they're able to meet needs. Right. And, and, you know, and the other thing, I mean, this is getting back to the political thing, but practical things we can do is promote government policies that go along with biblical principles for these kind of situations. Believe it or not, there are some government policies that says that goes along with the biblical principles for refugees. Our found our our nation was founded on those principles. I mean, this is a country of refugees. Think about it. Everyone who's come to this country has been a refugee, unless you were born here. The founding fathers, they all were refugees. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, support that. Support the government agents. Don't be always breathing down their throats that they're being wrong when sometimes they're being right. They're just taking a different approach. Yeah. And I think part of it is, is we are conditioned to be against and let that policy, unless it comes from the party that we support. Exactly. And, and I've said this before that there are, I'm, I'm registered independent and there are some uh, democratic policies where I send out my tweet and, and, and I've said that is the stupidest thing in the history of humanity. And here's why, because this didn't work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and other things where I said, hey, that's a great idea. I've done the same thing to Democrats, Republicans, Libertarians. If it makes sense and it's logical, yes. Hey, thumbs up. If it right. doesn't, why would we do that? Um, exactly. And, and that's one of the reasons why I'm a registered independent is because I don't want to feel like I have to support a party line um, if that party is doing things that are stupid or ungodly. Right. And I want to be able to encourage and support the opposing party if they're doing things that are right. Like, hey, that's a great policy. That works. Can we get more of that, please? Yeah. The last thing I have for practical is my number is usually my number one thing. Yeah, I was saying why I, I okay, I'll go for it. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. It's usually my number one thing, but pray for these refugees. Pray for these displaced people. Um, we are just most of us are just one paycheck away from, from being in their situation whether they're homeless, whether they're refugees, we are one paycheck away from being just like them in most cases. So we need to pray for them, pray for their well-being, pray for their, their, their state of mind, pray for their, their, um, their health, pray for, their, uh, pray for them to get the resources they need. Pray that you can be a resource for them. Um, pray that you can tell your church, hey, I have this family down the street that are really struggling. They're here from Afghanistan, and we need to 
to see what we can do to help them. Yes, they're Muslim. Yes, they're they're not from the Christian thought, but we need to reach out to them and help these people. They're in a country. They don't know where they are. They don't know anybody here. They don't have any friends, family. Let's be their friend. Let's be their family. Yeah. And uh, I will say this, and I have to say it carefully, um, because it irks me when I hear people say, we should accept all refugees because Jesus was a refugee. First and foremost, um, Jesus was not a refugee. For a very short time, uh, Joseph took his family to Egypt. Uh, so yes, you could say he was a temporary resident or a temporary refugee in Egypt. Uh, mm -hmm. But then he came back. Uh, and what people are referring to is when... Um, I don't even know what they're referring to, but Jesus was not a refugee. Right. Okay. His whole homeland was granted run by the Roman empire, but he was not a refugee. Okay. But yeah. I do, I do agree 100% that um, we need to pray for them because the last thing I'm, I'm putting myself in their position and thinking if I were, had to flee my home nation or not even nation, just city, or I'm homeless. And all I hear about and read about and, you know, on the news or all people are talking about is whether or not they should help me. Meanwhile, no one is helping me. Uh, for lack of a better term, that just sucks as a human being. Mm -hmm. Granted, we cannot help everybody. Right. And we need to do a better job at, like you said, prioritizing who we do help and how we determine that. Uh, but we can definitely. And here's the other thing I hate when people say, well, all Christians do is pray about it. No, that's not all we do. Mm -hmm. Christians give our time, we give our money, and we pray about it. Yeah. So it, it's not saying just pray about it and do nothing else. It's saying, like you said, pray about it and pray about God. What else can I do? Right. Put, put feet and hands to your prayer. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's what we need to do. Um, Jesus told us, Matthew's, Go into all the world and preach the gospel, and and bring disciples, make making disciples of everyone. The mission field has come to us. We no longer have to go into all the world. The world is coming to us, and if we in America would think about it that that, that mindset, think of the souls that we could touch for the kingdom of God if we just look in our backyard. Yeah. Yeah. The people in our circle of influence that we could reach out yeah. to. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. So I'm going to ask you to pray. Actually, before I do that, nope, I'm going to go ahead and ask you to pray. <laughs> <laughs> Father, we thank you for this time that we've had together uh, for another interesting discussion uh, that you have laid on our hearts. And Lord, we do pray for the refugees and the immigrants in this country. Mm. Lord, they get a bad rap. They get uh, bad looks and bad attitudes most of the time. We just ask that you would help us to be Floyd Knight, to be the start of changing the attitude changing our attitudes and our hearts towards those who are maybe different than us, those who may make us feel uncomfortable. Lord, give us 
the insight to help them in any way that you bless us help them with. Father, we just pray that you would just be with us through the remainder of this day until we meet again for our next podcast. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 And uh, I'm going to end with this thought. Um, Be in prayer for us because the next topic, God willing, uh, unless Jesus returns or unless something else crazy goes on in our culture that we're going to talk is about is critical race theory. Um, Just because it's permeating our culture, it's dividing our churches and our nation. And so we're on our next podcast. uh, Hopefully in the next couple of weeks, we will talk about that. And if you guys have questions or comments of any type or suggestions for topics, stuff going on in the community that you want us to talk about, uh, you can reach out to us, uh, email us, text us, message us, whatever, uh, and, and we'll talk about it because we want people to be able to respond to everything going on in a way that honors God. Yes. Yes. Amen. 